Welcome to the most important podcast, episode number four. On this episode, taking a break from politics, we have comedian Antoine McNeil, and uh, he is celebrating nine years in comedy, seven years producing shows, and uh, that is with One Motion Enterprise. But uh, Antoine is such a great guy. Uh, I know him through a few mutual friends, uh, other comedians from the surrounding area, the local area. Man, that's one thing we're going to talk about in this episode, local comedy. But uh, such a great guy. What I've seen, and uh, I know, I think I've caught a comedy show once of his, but what I've seen is his work ethic. And uh, it's unmistakable. The guy's always working at comedy putting on shows, producing shows. He seems to always be working at his comedy craft. So if you're an aspiring comedian, uh, someone starting out comedy or considering starting comedy, this episode's for you. Possibly you're just a comedy enthusiast like myself. I mean, who doesn't love comedy? Uh, We're going to find out about some of his experience in nine years of comedy, some of his thoughts on writing, Also, don't forget, he's got a show coming up celebrating nine years this weekend. That's going to be Saturday, September 30th in Madison. If you're not following him already on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere, please do a Google search. Find the guy and uh, support him everywhere you can. Hope you enjoy the episode. I know you've probably answered this on other podcasts, but I'm really interested in asking you this question a little differently, maybe differently than it's been asked in the past. Uh, but where did your comedy path start? A lot of people start with, you know, where they were as a kid. Maybe it was later in life. Uh, but where do you feel like it started for you? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say my my comedy path started, I think, with my family and friends. Uh, obviously. You know, uh, a lot of people are like, you know, got big families or whatnot. And, you know, you you with your family, you joke a lot. Excuse me, I got to make sure my battery don't die. But you joke a lot. I'm sorry. Let's see. So, but I, I came from a family uh, full of funny people. My grandmother, uh, RIP to her, was one of the funniest people I know. She would talk about anybody, say anything, just like funny all the time. Uh, my mother's funny, my dad's funny, my brother, auntie, uncle. So we always joked around with each other. And, uh, I ended up taking that with, um, to some of my, to, to some of my friends. And when you take it to some of your friends in order to be a good, funny person, you got to do impressions and you got to like be a good roaster. So I was able to like do impressions of the teachers, the coaches, the principals. They did not like that, but my friends did. <laughs> Um, and then I got a chance to like, you know, be a good roaster, just basically talking crap, playing the dozens. And I got really good at it. Uh, I got really good at it so much that when I became older, I got in the work environment and all of my coworkers would like be laughing at me all day long. And, uh, I think that was maybe late 2023. I told myself that I was going to try comedy by the end of that year. Um, and I was going to try it, try it for 2014. And, uh, 2014 came and I did what I said I was going to do and I have not stopped and we're nine years into uh, me being a comedian, seven years into producing shows. Nice. Uh, So I want to ask for people who might be unfamiliar and want to know what's your approach to writing? Everybody's different, but what's your personal approach? Um, 
I write like a maniac. So I wouldn't even suggest anybody to do what I do. Um, to me, my personal approach, I, I watched Comedians in Cars one time with uh, Eddie Murphy and Jer uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, Eddie said everywhere he goes, he has a little booklet. You know, so he has a little booklet and he jots it down. But for me, my handwriting is crappy and I like to formulate a joke a lot of different ways. If you write something down, it's just like final. So I use like Google Docs. So if something if something is really funny with me, it, it could be a conversation. I could be at a store or somewhere. It, a thought can come up and I'll just jot it down, just jot the idea down. And uh, towards the end of the month, I, I, I go through and figure out how to make that become a good joke. And then I rate them a star like three, two, or one. Three is like, oh, this is good to go. Two is like, ah, oh, it needs a little work. One is like, it's not stage ready. It's a, it's a good idea. So that's what I do. I make sure I uh, have my premises written down, like, you know, an idea, um, a, a premise. For, give you an example, like Kevin Hart would have a premise. Uh, was does this does this make me gay or is this? And it's like. The premise is just the idea to get you into the conversation. And I make sure I try to have a punchline on kind of every joke. Wow. So I write jokes every month. Uh, my Google Docs is, I, I can't even, if I show you my Google Docs, you probably would not believe how much jokes I and how much I write. I love Google Docs. It's so handy. That's what I use for podcasting too. You got it. Yeah. When you get one person that you might want to interview, you pull up Google Docs, you start making those notes, it cloud saves them. So handy. Yeah. So that way, so that way, Google Docs allows me to um, let's say, for instance, I write down an idea. Jokes typically come in the form of threes. So if I write a joke, so here's the idea. Now I'm like, what's what's gonna make this uh, a good transition or not a transition, but what's gonna make this joke stand out? Boom, and there's another. So here's the here's the, the point. Then here's one is something that's, and they think, oh, this is a funny joke. Then two, this is funnier. And three, they didn't see this coming. So joke comes in three. So I write all the time and that's kind of my format. Yeah. When it comes to comedy, that's, I mean, I, I've been, I don't know how many people are, hopefully a lot of listeners are, but I've been a lifelong fan of comedy. And I know from what I've heard, it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of work, just writing and writing really rehearsing nonstop. You sound like a guy that's that's what you've done for a long time. It's pros and cons to writing, writing and writing because at some point in time you have to you have to practice. So going to open mics are important or trusting your voice. And sometimes I heard people say in comedy, you don't really know your voice until you're eight, nine, ten years in. And due to the fact that this is my ninth year, I typically can go to the stage with something like I plan when I'm done with this, I'm going to use tonight and tomorrow and this week to come up with the jokes for Saturday. I should have been had these together, but I write new and fresh every show. So, but where will I have the time to practice it? So I got to trust my voice when I'm on stage. Definitely. Uh, that, that makes me uh, think of the next question here. I want to ask you about the do it yourself uh, approach. I know I heard you on a different podcast mention this just briefly in passing, but it made me think from everything I've seen about you, you're a do it yourself kind of guy. Everything producing shows for as long as you have takes so much work. But I, I wanted to know, tell people what you feel about doing things yourself. Well, in life, there's pros and cons to everything. And anytime you rely on someone else 
uh, for your success or for your trajectory of your career, your life, your business, you will be subject to them. Um, I'll just give an example. Uh, you know, I had gotten to a financial and I'll just give you that. So I can go and be a comedian on most shows. However, if I want the show to go the way I want to, I might as well do my own show. Um, in addition, I can go and be a, a host, a opening act, a feature, even a headliner on another show. But I can be what I want on my shows if I want to be a feature, open act, so I can do that. So it allows me flexibility to grow in any role. Uh, but also producing comedy shows myself was really important to to increase diversity. Because if you think about here in Wisconsin, this is not the most diverse state, probably one of the least most diverse states. And in addition to that, you take Madison and put it, you know, on the map. So there's not a lot of diversity here. When I say diversity, I'm talking about ethnic di diversity. Um, so I think doing it myself was key in order for me to bring in more women, more minorities and things like that. So um, if I didn't do it myself, I don't know that I was going to wait for it to be done. But just an idea, another example is that I, I came on hard times and I couldn't afford my DJ anymore. So I had to go buy a speaker that had Bluetooth on it. So now I'm able to, to play the music. I'm playing the music. I'm promoting. I'm marketing. I make the flyers. I, I'm the street team, uh, the host. You know, if, if someone's coming late, it's like I'm the host liner so I can go long if I need to. So uh, doing it yourself allows me to uh, it, I wear a lot of hats, but it allows me to like uh, see things from different perspectives, like someone who works my door, I can think it's an easy job, but I go sit down at that door and be like, oh my goodness, this is a little bit more difficult and robust than I thought. So, but me being able to clean up and set up and tear down, I know everything it takes. So now I know how much time it takes, how much energy, how much, you know, so. Yeah. It's, it's draining. I wouldn't That's suggest good. this for average person. I would suggest people delegate duties to people that you think are responsible because doing it yourself, Man, <laughs> sometimes I wonder how I get myself into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're pulling it off, and that's all that matters because, yeah. uh, like you said, it, hard work uh, requires dedication. Sometimes you're not always sure about yourself. I know that's how it is here with podcasting. 100%. Just keep going and you yeah. know, one foot after the other. Yeah. Just to uh, add a little something like, you know, you, you, you're a person that you wear many hats. So now you know what needs to be done. But if you get a, if I get a chance to focus, like I'll give an example, if I go to the comedy club or I can just focus on my jokes, I don't have to focus on, you know, the door, the tickets to the paying people. I don't have to focus on any of that. So if you don't have to do it yourself, it's great to build a team. And if you have to do it yourself, just go about it and then start delegating duties to people that you can trust and that are reliable. But a lot of people aren't reliable. <laughs> artistic freedom tell us what it's like uh, because, uh you know during covid things got really iffy but uh, tell us what your thoughts are on like artistic freedom having the ability to be free about writing i think artistic freedom is so important it's probably one of the most important things if you are doing comedy entertainment or whatever so for me i literally say whatever i want and I, I say that based upon the fact that my job is to talk shit. 
my job is to say things that most people wouldn't say in an, uh, a well-lit room. So in order for me to be a great comedian, I have to have subjects that most people may or may not touch. I have to be able to say the things that people are thinking, but they don't say them out loud. And if I limited myself, I wouldn't be the comedian I am today. Uh, one of my very first shows at uh, one venue, uh, I did a joke. It was definitely risky. And the, the night went well, it was successful. The, the bar made a lot of money on drinks and food. And it was like, hey, this one drink, was, I mean, this one uh, joke was a little touchy. We don't know if we want you to kind of do those jokes. And since I'm producing my shows, I said, hey, if you're trying to police my comedy, I can't do business with you because I'm not ever meant to be malicious or hurtful or harmful, even though some things may feel that way. But uh, as far as an artistic expression, I had to say what I can say. We continue. They agreed. We continue to do business up into the pandemic. So I'm going to talk my shit. We have to. If you limit yourself on the things you're saying, you, you're, you're limiting your topic. You're limiting, limiting your knowledge. You're limiting the things that the audience are experiencing. So I say go for it as long as you're not like maliciously spreading these things as like these are facts it's just like we're jokes we're talking shit it could be true or not it's an opinion talk that shit advice for people who are standing or trying to start stand up i've thought about it but only because i've been lucky to i, I know a couple of mutual acquaintances of you daedrid mcknight um yeah. cannon when you got these people yeah. around and you see them do stand up you're a little inspired to do it and but what are your thoughts for people who are considering starting or maybe just starting out now if you are in my advice if you considering starting stand up go to a couple comedy shows and then dial it back and go to a couple open mics whichever way you want to start with open mics then go to comedy shows if you go to an open mic you can see when people are trying materials they may not be professionals. It may be some people who can give you tips on writing. There may be people who can actually help punch jokes up for you. Um, so you put yourself in a room of other people who are doing what you're doing. So I would suggest open mics first and foremost, just because, um, you know, like when you ask a question about writing style, someone may use a pen or paper. Someone may just wait and sit and write all day. Someone may never write in it. So going to open mics is really key and important for you to try new material how it works um and then i would suggest going to some showcases going to some showcases where um there are big acts uh there are people who are professional who've been doing it for a while so now you can see you know most open mic sets might go up to five minutes but now you can see what it looks like for someone to do 10 minutes or 15 minutes you can see what it's like to do crowd work you can see what it's like to have set jokes you know what it's like to have your 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 closing joke or what's a good intro uh so i would suggest going to open mics going to some to some showcases and then maybe going to some of the big shows because you might be inspired by topics uh obviously i'm not talking about taking or stealing anybody's topic or anybody's material but i just mean someone may it may be someone comedians up there talking about childhood you're oh my mom oh shit i remember my mom said or my dad and you jot that down Comedian may go up there and talk about food. You, oh, right. I hate hot dogs. And this is the reason why. So open mics and showcases. I would suggest those are the ways to go. Standout moments or, you know, one 
one thing I wanted to ask was standout moments, but also the most humbling moment because that's you've been dedicated here for uh, almost a decade. You've had to have had a moment where it was, as they say, kind of humbling, kind of made you realize what you're doing it for. But tell us stand about out. So standout moment and humbling. So these are two different questions or is it the same question? Man, both. <laughs> <laughs> same difference, huh? <laughs> uh, let's see. Standout moment. Uh, I don't know that I would. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say a standout moment uh, was I would say my first show. And I'm going to say my first show because that was the, the catalyst to keep me going. Had a car crash, a collision, and I did what's called comedy for a cause. Uh, I needed to raise some money. And I was like, oh, people know I'm a good guy. They know I'm a good dad. They'll give me some money for a GoFundMe. And then I realized, like, that's probably not how the world works. And uh, I said, I have a service that people like. And... Uh, I was able to get eight or nine other comedians, friends, like Sedadric, Emmett, other people like that, uh, coming down from different cities and and to to come do comedy for me and just to raise money. So those people came, helped me raise some money, and that show went so well, people kept asking me the next month, hey, when's the next show? When's the next show? I had no intentions to do a next show. I just was trying to raise some money. So because of that, we we're seven years into doing shows. Um, most humbling moment was, I want to say June of 2018. Uh, I had a comedy show and I had about 30 people or so, maybe less attend. I thought I had one of my you know best performers yet at that time. And it, everything melted down that day. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I, I, I took a loss on doing one show that month. I took another loss on that show. And I really thought that it was it was over for me doing shows. I was like, oh, I can't do shows. I can't financially take a loss and try to pay my bills, take care of my daughter. So I thought it was over. Uh, God's honest truth. And I prayed on it. God told me to do one more, one more show. And I, that's all I had. I was like, I'm just going to do one more show. That's it. That's all I got in me because I can't afford to lose anymore. I did that one more show and it sold out in July. And then I still had doubts, you know, I'm like, oh, well, maybe that was a fluke. Maybe that was because I prayed really hard. And then the next month it sold out again in August and September. So I probably had more sellouts than not. But uh, a humbling moment was when I thought it was all over. But I just had to do one more, one more show. And that's really the nature of my business. One motion, whatever motion you move in, God is there. If you see the logo behind me on this side, it's, it's one M-O-R-E. That's one motion spelled down, one more, one more, one more show, one more day, one more dollar, one more blessing. That's all it takes to win any game you're playing is one more. If you score one more point than the other person, if you one step faster. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I got to ask you, I know you're a big uh, advocate for supporting local. But why is it important to you specifically to support local? <laughs> I, I don't know why it feels so very self-explanatory to me. But if you don't support the things that are in your hometown and in local, I, I can't understand why would you go support something national and big? 
small acts turn to big acts. Like the the support that I got from Madison, Wisconsin here allows me to know that I can go into any city and kill. So if I do well in Madison, I can take this to Milwaukee and then Beloit. And now the state embraces me. And now I can take it from Beloit to Minnesota, to Iowa, to Texas. So you local local things can become national things and then they can become international global things. So I think it's really important to support the local businesses because a lot of local businesses are they're pulling themselves by their bootstraps. They may not have um, the experience. Like I didn't know other comedians kind of before me. I I dived into it and not knowing people who I can depend on or go to for advice. But by me supporting local, uh, if you know you're you're in Beloit. You know, uh, comedian uh, Lance Baskin, he, he retired uh, from doing comedy. But I would go to, since there wasn't a lot of local shows here that I can go to, I would travel to Beloit every time uh, that they would have shows. I think it was about once a month, um, Soul Food Sundays. And I would just go just to watch comedy. I didn't go to perform. And by me establishing a relationship with him, just by me just being in attendance, now... I've supported Beloit. Now some of those people will support me. Some of those people like, so it's if, if, if only if, if we don't support local, there is no national, you know, you, you can't get big. You can't get big. If you were never small, you know, one starts big. Absolutely. And I would be an example of supporting local of, I've won a lot of awards or something this year, 2023 won Matt, uh, a silver on Madison's best, best of Madison's comedian, uh, won a lot of awards, but that came from people supporting me by me selling out a lot of shows. That's because the people were supporting me, but I also go support a lot of local businesses and people because that's what I like to do. So instead of me spending my money with a big chain, a big business that may not be able to see me support me, I would rather go spend that money where I might know their kids or their parents, or what their goals or mission statements are. So um, small business can become big business. Like I got comedy and poetry jam, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be in every city and every state. But this would be an example of how it grows. Okay, we love what you're doing in Madison. Can you bring it here to XYZ city or state? Yeah, we can do that. Now we can grow the business. That turns into a franchise. That's right. Man, I love it. I got to ask you one last question, uh, because in the introduction of this episode, I'm promoting your upcoming nine year celebration, promoting everywhere to find you. But I got to ask you one last important message, something important that you want to leave everyone with listeners and viewers. Uh, something I want to leave everybody with. Uh, I would say keep whatever your priority is and your focus up front and work on that thing for me uh one motion is dealing with spirituality personality and business some people may not believe in spirituality so they may believe in the words like universe or god or whatever so i would say keep god first keep that universe thing know that it's a bigger purpose for what we're doing um work on your your, your personality you know in terms of areas to improve on or weaknesses Use your strengths to your advantage um, and then turn that into a business, spirituality, personality and business all in one motion. So there you go. Love it. 
All right. Well, I appreciate it. Anytime you need a platform, this podcast, you're welcome on. But thank you again, Antoine. My pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing. It's a, uh, it's a good thing for Beloit and for Wisconsin and in podcasts in general. You are one of the uh, the unsung heroes. You ask everybody else questions to, to promote what they're doing. But I think everybody need to make sure they promote what you're doing. One hand washes the other. Thank you. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Keep it up, man. Blessings. Take care. Yeah.